We are so very grateful for Miss Bailey and what she has done. And uh, I am just very, very proud of that girl. And by Thursday, she was one of the first ones to get out of the aisle and go on down and, and get her praise on. So she had a good time. And I know these girls had a good time. And it's interesting seeing them because, you know, I look at pictures of Miss Chloe was just, you know, it seemed like she was like Marco's size not too long ago. And it seemed like when we moved up to Pontiac, Miss Bailey was was a little bit bigger than this. And But to see them uh, as they are now as, as pre-teens and, and your pastor learned something that uh, during youth convention, something happened. Guys, something happened during youth convention that was more than a God move. But all of a sudden, it became all about boys. I was not ready and I was not expecting that. Boys, look at all the boys. So we have preteen girls on our hands, church. We need to pray. We need to pray hard. <laughs> but you know what that's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. If they're going to be looking at boys, I'd rather be at youth convention or church. <laughs> but that kind of that took me by surprise and you know, I'm very grateful for Sister Carissa for her love for these kids and, and uh, for her time and effort uh, in taking these, these young people. Why don't we give her a hand for, I know. She was kind of able to uh, go with them to the late night stuff while I was busy going to bed. As pastors are supposed to do. So those of you who don't know, I... Andrew was the only male there, so I decided I was going to bunk with him, and he, you know, stay in the same. I know what you, I hear all the oh, pastor. God bless you, pastor. So no, he wasn't that bad, and uh, he let me go to sleep uh, early, but I was not ready for the waking in the morning to 15th century sailor songs. I thought I woke up on Davy Jones' uh, uh, boat, and, and I, was, I was scared. I was terrified. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was happening. Because in 2023, most young people are listening to what's new and what's hip. And, you know, those of you who know, know me, uh, 15th century sailor songs is just not something that you hear blasting from my sound system in my car, nor at home. I like things of a little harder nature for those of you who know me, but... Uh, so yeah, that's what I, I, I got, I woke up to, uh, on a regular, regular basis, but it was, it was a good time. We had a good time in the Lord and I'm very grateful for these girls and for the friendship and now seeing the love for God that they share together. And, uh, it was just exciting to watch them worship together. And, and I tell you as a, as a pastor and, and as a dad, it did my heart very, very well to see not only my children, uh, being used in the ministry, but but also my fiance, I look over here and hers, her, her, her son-in-law and daughter praying for people over the distance. I see her, her daughter that just got married and, and her husband who had just been appointed the youth leader of, of the uh, Troy church and they're praying here. And I see Chris and Allison praying over here and our kids. And it just, it, it does a pastor's heart proud and, and a dad's heart proud to see that they're, they're using what God has given them for the kingdom. And I'm very proud of them. Y'all can, yo, Sister Sanchez, you're, I'm sure you're cramping up. You can go. You can go sit down. I'll get started in the in the 
in the word. I know we got some things, but before the candy rain, I just want, uh, I want the church to know that no matter what you came in here facing, no matter what problems you are, are going through right now, what we sang in the blood, it's more than enough. Whatever you're going through, there's enough grace and mercy and love flowing from Calvary today to cover you for what you're going with. And I know we, we read a lot of hopeless situations and we read about a lot, of, a lot of things that are going on in people's lives. And uh, I want you to know that God knows and sees what you're going through. Let's put it all on the same plant level playing field for everybody, whether, whether you're a member of this church or whether you're not. Now, I do want to greet all of our guests here. Good to have you. We just want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel like you're home with our family because we're all just family here. And as you know with your family, sometimes you just don't always get along with somebody in your family. Y'all got that crazy uncle? The crazy cousin? You know what to expect from them, and you know they're going to be who they are, but you know what? You love them anyways. And that's the way we are. We don't always agree on everything, but we love one another because we are brothers and sisters together in Christ. But we just want to greet you and make you feel welcome. If you don't have a home church, we would love for this to be your home church, and you'll be happy, and you'll be loved, and you'll, you'll be blessed. But uh, uh, if you have your, your Bibles, whether you have your, your Bible with you, whether you're going to use it on, on one of your, your electronic devices or whether you're just going to forget all that and look at it up here, that's okay. We're going to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter number 9. Singing about the blood, we're going to preach about the blood. And it says in Hebrews, chapter number 9, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, thank the Lord, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And one more reading of the word, 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 18 and 19. For as much as ye know, that you are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. Listen, we ain't going to get to heaven to, uh, based on how much money we have. Because I, I ain't got any. I'll give you a buck. I may have a buck to loan you, but I ain't got no money. But it doesn't matter how much you, money you have, no matter how much money you give. And it's a good thing to give. But your money will not get you to heaven. You can't be good enough to make it to heaven. But he says... How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to purge your conscience from dead works to serve? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong scripture. Let me, let me go down. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Somebody paid the price for us. Somebody paid the price. You know why we're celebrating freedom in our country? Because there were men and women who gave their life many, many years ago that we can live in a free country. And if you are a veteran and you served, I give my highest honor to you. But somebody paid the price for us, not only that we can live above sin, that we can be free from sin, that we can be forgiven of sin, but that we can ultimately make it to heaven to be with him because he already paid the price. Amen. Close your eyes. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us. I pray, God, that you would just open up our minds and understanding of why you gave your life and why you had to die and why you had to suffer, but ultimately, God, why you rose from the dead again so that you could be here and we could be with you and you can be in us. In the powerful name of Jesus, and let the church say amen.
and you may be seated. We're going to talk about time for some blood work. And anytime you say blood work, everybody gets nervous. Is there anybody here that likes to give blood? Anybody here don't have a problem with blood work? Here, look, you like to give blood? Well, there's always a crazy one in the crowd. You see, those of you who don't know, uh, in less than a month, I will be marrying uh, Sister Ange, and, and uh, she'll be coming up here. And, and we were talking about this, and I'm going actually going down this Friday to get our marriage license and start getting everything ready and prepared and get, get her up here. But uh, those of you who are 50 and older probably will remember this and probably know this. Those of you who are 50 and under, 40 and under, you probably didn't, don't know this. But we were talking about this that back in, back in, back in the day, back when Ronald Reagan was president, back before most of you were probably alive, uh, you used to have a blood test. You have to get a blood test before you get your marriage license. See, there's a few that are that remember that. See, they stopped that before uh, my, my first uh, uh, marriage to Sister Hyle. We didn't have to do that. They stopped that before that. But uh, so we were talking about that, that, you know, how they did away. And I don't even know what the, the, the reason for the blood test was. I don't know if they were checking to see if you had any kind of contagious diseases that maybe they didn't want you to give to your partner. I didn't know if they were checking to see if you're somehow genetically connected to the person that you're about ready to get married to. I don't understand, but they used to make you do a blood test. Now, something, one thing you know about your pastor is giving blood, getting blood t- drawn, not one of my favorite things. Do anybody here likes, let me let, watch this. There's, there's always going to be one crazy one. How many here watches as the nurse draws the blood. You watch it. See, look at all the crazy people. Look at them all. I can't watch it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see while the blood comes up into that little vial. In fact, I am holding on to that seat with with all that I have and praying to the sweet Lord, please let her hit the vein the first time. Because I've been there where they didn't get it on the first time. And that the worst thing you want to hear, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to do it again. So she did it again. Now, Sister Hyle had perfect veins. It, boop, it was right there. First time, not a problem. Me, for some reason, they have to poke. And they didn't get it the first time. So she said, we're going to have to try it a second time. Now, I don't like getting poked the first time. So the second time, I'm holding tighter onto the seat even more. looking at it I'm not looking at it oh dear we we missed it again so they decided we're going to get away from the arm and we're going to try it in the wrist oh see all you blessed people you know exactly what I went through so now I have to hold my hand up like this and they used some, some weird little thing and said, okay, we're going in the wrist, and, and, and they went in the wrist, and she missed it again. Only this time, I feel her moving that needle, moving it around, trying to find it, and I felt myself, and I hear, Mr. Heil, are you okay? Mr. Heil, and, and I'm, as she's moving, 
feel lightheaded. I feel a rush of, of warmth just kind of surround me with the angelic host singing praises while I'm about ready to. So blood and I do not get along. Anybody with me? I, I can kind of see myself. I don't mind. I, I do it all the time. I, I, I fall. I do something silly. The other day, this is how, my, this is how pastor works in, in my world. Just a simple, simple little operation. I have the, the, the kitchen scissors that everybody has in their kitchen that opens up plastic bags and opens up frozen peas or whatever you're doing. I held the bag in my hand to, to cut open so I, want, so I can enjoy my frozen peas or whatever it was I was going to enjoy. Took a snip, and guess what? My finger was under there. Cut my finger. It's something simple as opening a bag of peas. And of course, there's there's the blood. Go for the go for the band-aid, hold it open. But I don't do good watching the blood of others. A paramedic, I will not be. My pastor, former pastor down in Bethalto, if he sees one drop of blood, they say that's some kind of thing in his in, in his mind. But if he sees any blood, he passes out, he instantly just blacks out. Down on the ground. I'm not that bad. But in talking about blood, it, it, it kind of, it grosses people out. It's not, it's not something that we think about. When you think about Easter, everything we talk about with Easter is related to the blood of Christ. And if you understand how the blood of Christ works and what it has done, we will, I, will, I will be teaching and preaching this to you so you'll understand why he had to die. Because, you see, everything we read about in, in Easter uh, it's kind of a, a two-tailed thing. It, it, it's very unique because we see the horror of, of, of the crucifixion. We see the horror of, of, of how, he, how he died, but, and we see the pain, but yet we see the, the tears, but we see the triumph. We see the glory of, of the resurrection. But everything that we see, uh, uh, including his passion, we witness the agony of the cross, but then we see the ecstasy of the, the empty tomb. We go from the brutality of, of, of his suffering, how mean it was, to the beauty of him conquering death. We weep, but then we rejoice. We mourn, but then we are exuberant, and, and we praise, we grieve, and then we celebrate. Because, you see, Easter is the culmination of his sacrifice found all coming through the empty tomb. It's empty, church. It's empty. Go there. He's not there. He went there 2,000 years ago when he rose again. And, and through the whole story of Easter, we find the blood. How many remembers back in, man, I am just feeling old when I keep saying, why in my day? I need to stop saying, I'm not that old. I'm only going to be 58. That's just, I'm just getting broke in. Or is it broke down? Broke down. Be 58 in a couple weeks. But see, I've been in church since I was 13. And when I was 13 and came into church, I didn't know nothing about church, didn't know nothing about God, didn't know nothing. I knew nothing. But one thing I knew, we had hymnals back then. And there was a hymnal in the little pockets in front of every pew in front of us. And it came time for it during song service, you, you get the hymnal and you turn the page, whatever. That's how we did it old school. But see, there was always one, one that would be sung uh, in, in one of those services. Songs about the blood. 
There's power in the blood. I see a crimson stream of blood. Thank God for the blood, under the blood. Are you washed in the blood? Nothing but the blood. There's a fountain filled with blood. And as a 13-year-old, not knowing anything about God, I'm like, why are we, why are we singing about blood? That's nasty. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. We're singing about blood, something I just do not want to see. I don't want to know what's nothing to do with. But you understand how precious his blood was that was spilled over 2,000 years ago and what it still does today. But I tell you today as I, 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 I preach in this holiday that, that, that in the, every Sunday, in a larger sense, every single day is made possible because of his blood. Gross as it may be, brutal as it seems of the blood spilling, but that blood is powerful. I'll say it again, that blood is powerful. That blood is cleansing. It washes away every sin. That blood is, is effectual. That, that blood is sin conquering. The blood is life repairing. And I want to preach to you this morning that it's time for some blood work. Because blood is always, I'm, I'm going to give you a history lesson today. Anybody like history? I like history. I like learning about history. Taking Andrew through Springfield and showing him some of the Lincoln sites and, and, and in fact the young man and the, that I talked to in the hotel the reason he was there he brought his, his grandchild to uh, Springfield because his grandchild is just loves Lincoln loves all the history of Lincoln and there's a lot of history around that uh, downtown you can go to Lincoln's house you can go to the Lincoln Museum if you haven't taken your kids to the Lincoln Museum I encourage you take them to the Lincoln Museum it's a learning experience it's a great thing you think you're in Disney that's how high top notch production is, is in there you can go to uh, Petersburg, and you can go to New Salem. You can go see where Lincoln actually lived, and Lincoln actually uh, 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 walked. But there's a lot of history, and people like history. So I'm getting, if you don't understand why Jesus did what he did, if you don't understand what, what the uh, God had put in place of why he had to die, you're going to get a sermon, and you're going to get a history lesson. But you see, God's chosen uh, a blood for a covering. The Bible word for atonement, uh, uh, for covering, is atonement. It means, it, it means simply a covering. In 2 Chronicles 29, 24, it says, And they made re- reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement. There had to be blood spilled that would have to cover them or push the sins forward. Sin had to be dealt with. Why did God choose blood for a covering? You're waiting for your pastor for this great big answer. I have no clue. Because he's God, and that's what he chose. That's the simple version, because he's God. But what we do know from the very beginning of Scripture, from the very beginning, God's answer for man's disobedience was always a blood covering. When Adam and Eve sinned for the very first time, we read in the Scripture where uh, uh, they covered themselves with fig They realized that they were naked. They covered themselves with fig leaves and sewn them together. I seen a cute little little cartoon. I don't know if it was on Facebook. We don't know if it was Facebook. It's true. Everything's true on Facebook. That's what I found, or so I heard. But it was a cartoon on on, on Facebook, and it had it had Adam and Eve, and, and and they had their fig leaves. And Adam walks into the kitchen. He has this real disgusting look on his face. And Eve was eating a salad, and he says, "What are you doing? That was my underwear." And I'll let it sink in and. 
in a second. It's, it's sinking in now. The visual is kicking in now. But you see, they sewn together fig leaves to, as a covering, but God covered them with skins, and, and God gave a much better covering. But you understand there had to be blood that was spilled. There had to be a sacrifice in order for them to be truly covered. And it goes much deeper than that because, you see, God was setting up a principle. He was starting something that, that, that would be, be go throughout all of time because, you see, from the very onset, from the very entrance of sin, there had to be blood that was shed to cover that or deal with that. So I don't care what you, 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 you try to do. No matter, you can try to be the best person you can. You can, you can try to, you can try religion on. You can try and do good deeds, but no matter what you try to be good at, it's not good enough to make it into heaven. There had to be blood that was spilled in order for us to be able to get there. Because we try. We try. But I want us all to feel comfortable that we're all on the same. But don't you think this pastor is way up here and that, that I, oh, I mess up just like you people do. There are times when I need grace and mercy. Sometimes every day. So don't you think I could never get to be him? I couldn't get to be, to do, no, we're all sinful and we all need grace and we all need mercy and we need the powerful blood of Jesus to cover us, to get rid of that and deal with that. But there are people that say, I just can't, I can't measure up. I can't come to church. I can't, I can't be this person. I can't do that. Listen to what Isaiah said in 64, 6, but we are all as unclean things as all of our Righteousness is filthy rags. No matter how good we try to be, no matter how good, we're still filthy. We still need the blood to cover us, to wash us. So just like Adam and Eve, we, need, we too need a covering. We need something to cover us for our sins that, that is more lasting than anything that you or I could ever possibly do. It requires blood. And blood was God's covering agent. So here goes the history lesson. When Abraham entered into a covenant with God, what did he do? He offered animals. He sacrificed animals. In fact, the covenant ceremony, if you study this in the Old Testament, involved the offering of a sacrifice that would be divided. They would divide the animal in half and put one side of the animal here and another side of the animal, and they would pass through that in between. And there was blood there, a bloody place but it was in this place where promises were received. It was in this place when that person could come back and cash in on the covenant agreement. And all along the way, it's through the blood. I'm glad we don't live in the Old Testament. I'm glad you ain't bringing me your goats and your sheep and your animals for me to... I, 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 I got the call the other night. Right? Ray, my dog, Zachary, Zachary watches when I'm out of town. And I got this call, your dog just killed a squirrel. Now, to be fair, when I let her out the back door, I, I feed the squirrels in my yard, and Kevin obviously thinks that I feed the squirrels in his yard too because he finds peanuts over there. 
I can't control what they do and bring to your yard, Bo. I just can't. I'm sorry. But Ray's thing is when I open the door and she goes out, she's in stealth mode. And she's looking for that squirrel. And if she sees a movement, poof, she goes and she thinks she can climb the tree, but she can't climb the tree. And she sits there and she chases. So she gets it naturally. But she killed a squirrel. And big man Zachary, tough man Zachary, couldn't get rid of the carcass, so he sent his wife out to do it. Big man Zachary couldn't touch the dead body. So he sent a real brave person out to do it. So you see, Ray caught a squirrel in my yard, and I cried, and I'm apologizing to them. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did. She didn't mean it. <laughs> so me sacrificing animals would definitely not be something that I could do. So I'm very grateful we don't live in that time because there was blood involved. In fact, Jesus said at his last supper that, that the bread that they were about to take was a symbol of his body that will be broken. In fact, we passed through that broken sacrifice to, to get here with a covenant with, with the Lord. But all along our journey, it's covered with blood. Why? Because that's a covering for us. It's a cleansing agent. Let me tell you, there's no sin, let me say this, that you've done that Jesus' blood cannot wash away. Because I have been in the ministry long enough and I have pastored long enough and I've seen people come to me, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the kind of life I've lived. You don't know my past. It's a little bit checker. Can I say this? It doesn't matter what your past consists of. It doesn't matter what you have done in your past. When you come into this place, there is no sin that can stand when the blood is applied. There's no sin that can stand place. When God starts washing that blood, it cleanses, and those sins are washed away. And that's exactly what... It does. And there's numerous scriptures, Hebrews 9 and 22. And almost all things by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It had to be done. You see, there's no answer for sin except the shedding of his blood. You see, God instituted in the Old Testament a, a bunch of laws and ordinances for Israel's sacrifice. They were very numerous uh, offerings that had to be made, and every single one of them involved blood. Down through the centuries, Israel did what they could to deal with the sin problem by, by offering animals in numbers, almost too great to comprehend. Listen to this. One day alone at the ded dedication of Solomon's temple, I can't even fathom this. In the, in the dedication of Solomon's temple, there were offering of 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Day and night, the sacrifices were being made all throughout the clock. And can you imagine the amount of blood that poured over the altars there in Israel? Because of the blood pushing the sins forward until there could be one that will ultimately pay the price 
ultimately won, the perfect one, that one that did no sin, the one that, that had no sin, when he paid the price and that precious blood that was poured out. You see, no lambs or goats could ever wash away the sin. All they can do was push it forwards. We read in Hebrews 9, 13, and 14, our, our scripture text, for, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, the sprinkling of the, of the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? If the goat did the job of pushing it forward, how much more then will the blood of Christ cleanse us? You see, the blood of Christ was necessary. The blood of Christ had to be. So the story of Easter is the buildup of all of his ministry. Everything that he was, he was building up and telling his disciples, listen, I have, I have to go to a place and, and I have to be crucified. And, of course, the, the disciples didn't understand it. When your friend is telling you, your leader is telling you that, that hey, I'm going to go through this, the, the, your friend is saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen. But they didn't understand what the impact of his suffering is going to be. Because you see, if you read the Easter story from the very beginning, it's all about the blood. There's blood applied. From the moment of his arrest, what happens? Peter takes out a sword and chops off the dude's ear and blood. Jesus being, I just pictured Jesus being this cool guy. Not a bat, didn't bat an eye and just picked up that ear, put it right back on. Healed him. But there was blood at his arrest. There was blood at the trial while, while those that would slap him and, 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 and hit him. There was blood at his scourging as they tied him to a post and, and that, that, that cat of nine tails was whipped across his back, ripping away flesh all the way down to the bone. There was blood that was on his robe as they placed it upon him as he walked down those streets to the hill called the skull. Blood that was dripping on the pavement. There was blood in the wounds as those nails pierced his hands and his feet. There was blood that stained the wood as they lifted that up. There was blood that came out from his side as the soldier jammed that spear in his side. But at that very moment with blood coming out, uh, that centurion looked at him and said, Surely, surely this was the Son of God. And I want to say to the church today, Surely he is the son of God. If hell only knew the power that that blood held, I don't think they would have done what they did. If they only knew what was going to happen in three days, because you see, the blood was spilled, and I believe all of creation held its breath. I believe all of hell was wondering, is this really it? Because they did not know. Because no one had ever done this before. From the time Adam all the way up to Jesus, nobody ever conquered sin. Nobody ever conquered death. Nobody ever conquered hell. But I want you to know on that third day, when that stone was rolled away, he came out of that tomb triumphant, uh, conquering death, uh, conquering hell, and conquering the grave, and let everybody know that he is the son of God and that he is truly still alive. that blood really be powerful enough to conquer Satan 
Is that blood really powerful enough to deal with death? Is that blood powerful enough to, to bring him back? All heaven waited. And let me say this. Yes, that blood is powerful. And yes, that blood is still flowing. We may not see it. But in spiritual form, that blood is still washing away sins here today. That blood is still washing away sins all across our country. You see, over 2,000 years ago, the women came and Scripture says in Luke 24, 5, why you seek the living among the dead. You see, I'm here to proclaim here today that yes, the blood is stronger than sin. That yes, the blood is stronger than death. And yes, the blood is stronger than hell. And yes, blood is stronger than Satan himself because you see, his blood cleanses my past. His blood calms my future. But his blood also claims. I'd like for somebody to realize exactly what that blood is doing here for you today because sin will not conquer me because of his blood. I won't be lost to a devil's hell because of his blood. Hell is not my destiny. Hell was not. All right, let me bring it this way. Hell was not meant for you. Hell was not meant for you, but it says it because there are people that are making bad choices and making bad decisions. Hell was not designed for us. It was designed for devil and all his minions. It was not designed for us, but let me say this. Hell cannot be your destiny. You can walk away this place washed and cleansed from the blood because he died and rose again and spilt that blood for you. You ever have anybody pay something for you? Especially when you didn't know it. Anybody ever? Oh, the person in front of you paid. Last week. Springfield seems to be my meeting place, my date place for, for Sister Ange. And we got out, we, we arrived at the restaurant at the same time. I get out of my car, my truck, lock the truck goes around, and she comes out. She's all happy to see me. We grab and we hug and I kiss her, and a car goes by. Rolls the window down. Hey, are you guys getting married? I'm like, this guy's age. I'm like, yes, we're getting married in less than a month. And she's like, all right, congratulations. Man, that's awesome. They drove off. Weird. Weird. How did they know we're getting married? Why would you? Just weird. So we go in the restaurant. We go to Chili's, and I'm, I'm chowing down on chips and salsa. Oh. Chowing down on the chicken crispers and honey mustard. Oh. So I get done eating, and this lady, same lady girl that, that was in the car comes up, and she just kind of slaps a, a note down on the table and turns around and walks off. And it was a note that kind of said, congratulations on your love. It's amazing what God can do. And this just very, very, very unique letter. Thank you. And, she, and she, I see her walking out, and I just, whoever you are, thank you for the note. You know, it's, it, but it's nice to see that the world sees Two people in love. I'm in love. She's in love. She loves me. That's not the end of the story. So we're all, wow, Angie's just amazed. That's really nice that they did this. And, they, I, you know, and, and I go to pay, and they say, oh, 
Somebody already paid for your meal. Man, I knew I should have got dessert. <laughs> was the only thing I was thinking. No, I was Well, all right, I was a little bit. I knew I should have got the ribs. <laughs> paid for my meal. Unannounced. Didn't do anything to deserve it. I was just minding my own. So we get in the car, my truck, and we were going to go somewhere shopping and I was sitting on E so I went into the gas station filled up and there's a lady at the Thornton's in Springfield had a sign up said need gas my first thought is well you're in your right place <laughs> well she's at a gas station she needs gas it's like me holding up a sign well, you're in the right place. But I, did, I, I didn't say that. I was thinking if I didn't say that. Maybe I did. I don't know. So I paid it forward. I, didn't have, I was blessed with dinner. I blessed her. Wasn't expecting that blessing, but I, I was blessed. I wanted to be a blessing to her. It's not often I have somebody that pays. I just... Oh, that's taken care of. But when it happens, I'm very grateful. Especially when you go through McDonald's and you hear somebody already paid it. You you don't want to be that that idiot that Okay, I'm gonna you know, don't drive, don't drive off and give something. Pay for the person behind you. I don't they may have ordered twenty twenty piece chicken nuggets and it's fifty dollars. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. That's why we say when you visit a restaurant here in town, this is for our church people, we tip. May not they, Listen, they may be having a bad day that day. Your waitress and your waiter maybe have that cook who is cooking your food, may have just had the best, the worst news and whatever. It's not their fault. They're having some kind of issue. But don't you take that out on that waiter, that waitress, that cook, because your food is taking a couple minutes longer than what it should. We tip them what we do and if they don't you let me know they come to your place you let me know I want to I'm talk to them we support you my friend I'm glad I'm grateful you're here I'm grateful great food you want to go go visit 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 but if it's paid for it and somebody pays for your meal pay for the person that's coming behind you and watch what happens watch that blessing but I've never had somebody that stood in my place. It, it was my sin. It was my fault. It was my error. You know who deserves to pay for that is me. But you see, somebody stepped in that place, and he stepped in your place over 2,000 years ago, and he knew the mistakes you were going to make. He knew the sin that you were going to commit, and he still stretched out that arm in it. I love them. That's the ultimate example of unconditional love. You see, we put conditions on a lot of things. Again, go back to the restaurant. I'll tip you if the service is good. That's a condition. I'll tip you if my iced tea doesn't get below half a cup. 
And I've seen people who that's their gauge. If their glass gets below that halfway mark, there goes your tip. Horrible, horrible attitude. Horrible attitude. But I look at the Lord for that unconditional love. You see, condition says, I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you, but you got to do this. There's conditions on that. Honey, baby, I know you're going to be listening to this on, the, on, on Facebook tomorrow, and, and I will love you as long as I come home and that dinner is on the table. No. No. Whether that dinner is on that table or whether it's not, I will love that girl. But God says, no matter how you act. Because you see, there's days where we're not at our best. You just think I'm this cheery, happy pastor 24-7. Yeah, don't see me going down to Veterans Parkway. Lord's been dealing with me on my road rage. these street people putting these cones in the middle of the road and they're working and they're putting painting stripes and I'm trying to get through and bless the Lord. I'm working on it. God's working on it. Because you see, there's days when we don't act apostolic. We may not talk Christian, but he says, I'm going to love them anyways. So his love is here. His grace is here, and all because of his love. And because he shed that blood for me, I know that I'm saved. I know that he bought me. I know that I am his. I know that even right now, he's preparing a mansion for us, for you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I know my sins are forgiven, and I know I'm a new creation. And you could be here too. Stand with me. If you're in this place, and maybe maybe you just don't have that relationship with the Lord like you want to or you should, I want you to know that he is here. And today could be the day that you renew that relationship with him. You see, one thing, Sister Heil and I always tried to do that no matter how crazy life got, we would take time to go on a date night. I know we've been married 35 years and you, you two do it all the time. Love you guys. Well, let me say this. You're never too old to take your spouse out on a date. Sister Haley, Brother Zach, I expect 30 years from now, I may be 90 years old, but I still expect you to take her out on a date. I know she'll be 30. You guys will still watch her, right? 30 years old, you'll still take her. I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> and I want Sister Ange to know that we, we may be walker bound. But if I have to push her into a restaurant, if I have to wheel her in, or she have, more than likely she's going to be wheeling and pushing me in, I'm still going to take that girl out on a date. 
because that's how we renew our relationship. But there comes time where we have to kind of take a self-evaluation with ourselves. It's hard. It's hard looking at that person in the wind, in the mirror, right? Especially me in the morning. I'm, I've been pre-warning Sister Ange, man. Wild hair in the morning. I don't want to scare you. Like the aggravation pencil. I'm trying to pre-warn her. You know, I don't, I don't look, I don't look this GQ part 24/7. Okay, I, I just don't. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry, but I just don't. But I have to look at that man in the mirror and understand that you messed up. You need help. But you see, that's what these services are designed for. That's why he lived a life that we can pattern ourselves after. That's why he died and rose again so that we can come to a service like this. Say, God, I need some help. I made a very bad decision. And now I'm suffering. Now my family's suffering because of my decision. But God, I need you. And it's when we come into services like this that he's not standing there like a mean parent. Every time I mess up and do something silly and Zachary told me it should have done this way, he's always there with three words coming from the back out loud. Zachary, what is it? I told you. Told you. God's not like that. He just simply says, I know you messed up. I'm ready to take that precious blood. If you want it, God, I need to be cleansed from all of my sins. I pray that you would just wash me in your blood. And that's all it takes for that precious blood to flow from Calvary and wash those sins away. If you're in this place and you need help, if you're in this place and you feel a sense of hopelessness, if you're in this place and feel unloved, if you're in this place and you haven't felt God wrapping his arms around you, I want you to know he's in this place right now. There is hope waiting for you at these altars. If you need healing for your soul, if you need healing for your mind, if you need healing for your body, I want you to know that there is a living God that is here right now and wants to touch you. And if you never felt the experience of God coming down and covering you and entering into your life as he has promised in the book of Acts, as Peter preached, men and women who didn't know this, who, who the very men that crucified Christ, they said, well, what do we have to do to be saved? And Peter, preaching the first message, says, well, number one, you must repent. You just simply ask God to forgive you. He said, you must be baptized in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And then he said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the, and that's when he comes in. And that's when you will speak with a heavenly language. He promised that to you. If you never felt that, it's here for you today. 
So on this Easter morning, if you just simply need to get reacquainted with him, if you're here today and you just simply want to come and get prayed for, I want you to know there are ministers here that will come and they will pray for you. Don't feel like you're all alone because his blood is still covering lives. His blood is still forgiving and washing sins. These altars are open. Whatever you need today, I encourage you to come up. Don't be ashamed to come up. Don't be ashamed. Come on, if you need help, if you need healing, I want you to come up here. There's healing for your soul. In the name of Jesus, Father, I want you to cover us today. In the name of Jesus, I want you just to move through this place. If you've been battling anxiety, if you've been battling depression, I want you to know there's healing at these altars for you today. If you just need help coping with life, I encourage you, come pray. There's a God here that is waiting for you.